Hey, I don't know if you heard, but the Griot Daily has been nominated for a Webby Award. It's like an online Oscar or or an internet Emmy, except, you know, for this one, it's just not all white people winning all the awards, right? Like, they don't believe that Harry Styles is better than Beyonce. So, you get to choose. That's right. All you have to do is go to this link. Maybe it's up there or maybe it's down here. I don't know how your internet works. But just click on this link. Vote for the Griot Daily, and if enough of you participate and enough of you vote for us, we win. But make sure you go vote, because because voting ends on April 20th, so go vote for the Griot Daily, and of course, we'll see you on the podcast. You are now listening to the Griot's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. You know, there's this idea that white people are being oppressed, that white people are suffering a anti-white critical race theory woke war that is trying to eliminate. And regardless of how you feel about it, you know, they really do believe this. You know, you can smell the white tears. You can hear them crying. You can see the snowflakes balling up into, you know, spheres of ignorance because of this. And that's why we're here today. That's why I want to welcome you to the Griot Daily, the only podcast that will assure you it's okay to be white. I'm sure you've heard about Scott Adams, the mediocre cartoonist who drew a mediocre cartoon about a mediocre white man who works at a mediocre job. And he was upset about a Rasmussen poll that shows that 26% of black people disagreed with the statement that it's okay to be white. I I don't know, you know, why black people are so racist. Oh, wait, um, are there some polls that show that like twice as many white people disagree with the statement that black lives matter. So, so we're doing better than white people. Yeah, we're like twice, uh, we're about half as evil as white people, which, you know, we'll work on it, but like, you know, half as evil is, 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 is pretty good. Right? But anyway, why do they feel this way? We need to get to that. Uh, we need to answer that question. We need to get to the bottom of that. Why do white people feel like there is a concerted effort to stop them from believing that it's okay to be white. And is it okay to be white? Well, let's see. I think it's okay to be white. And and I'm not saying that based on my own feelings. I'm saying that based on the fact that, like, um, let's see, 95% of uh, Fortune 500 companies have a white CEO as the head. How about the fact that, like, white people are disproportionately represented in the federal government, right? In the federal legislature, white people make up a disproportionate amount, right? Um, how about judges, right? White people disproportionately make up the judicial system in America. Uh, like white people have been all of the presidents except for one, all of the vice presidents except for one, Oh, man, like, white people are really doing good. I don't know what this 
it's not okay to be white movement um, is about. And I don't know why they worried, man, because it's like every institution in this country that you can think of that is that matters is controlled by white people. So I can assure you without hesitancy that it is okay to be white. But why do they feel that there is a movement against white people? Well, white people think that a conversation about race is about black people or Hispanic people or Asians because when they have every other conversation, they don't realize that their conversations are about white people because whiteness is the default. Take, for instance, if I was, I don't know, sitting down with some guys that I went to school with in high school, right? The first thing we have to talk about when we start talking about our school days is we have to, you know, inform the people listening, oh yeah, I went to school with black people or I went to a school that had white people. Because today, 60% of black people in America attended a school that was majority black. Like schools are still segregated. But when white people talk about where they went to school, they talk about school they don't realize that their schools were also racially segregated because most white people go to a school that is disproportionately white and is whiter than the community that they live in, right? White people go to segregated schools too, but when they talk about it, they don't talk about race. Or, or when they talk about, for instance, the law, right? When they talk about I don't know, police officers or teachers, they don't talk about the fact that when somebody got sentenced to a crime, they were sentenced to a judge that statistically sentenced the white person to a sentence that was about 19% shorter, according to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, than a black person who committed the same crime and has the same criminal history. Black people have to talk about race when they talk about the criminal justice system. White people don't. When they talk about where they live, most black people live in communities that are disproportionately black, right? White people live in communities that are more disproportionately white, but they don't consider that they live in white neighborhoods. They just live in a neighborhood versus a black neighborhood. They don't have to talk about race because when they say a neighborhood, when they say I live in, you know, uh, Caucasian Heights, they don't realize that they're talking about race without saying it. And so now that people are pointing out these social ideas, they feel like they're under attack. When we, when we talk about where they went to school was a white school, sounds like an accusation. When they talk about where what they what happened to them when they broke a law sounds like we're talking about race. When we talk about white teachers or white bosses or white owned businesses, when we talk about teachers or judges or legislators, we don't say a white legislator. I'm considered a black author, but we don't call the white people who write white authors. We don't call white neighborhoods white neighborhoods. We don't call white 
owned businesses, white owned businesses, but a black owned business is like literally noted has a little asterisk in Google. So now that we are talking about this, they feel like they're being attacked because we're talking about race. And that's why we have to let them know that it's okay to be white. You've been doing this all your life. You, it's been okay to be white since the beginning of America. It will never not be okay to be white because even during times when there was black power, like reconstruction and majority black neighborhoods and majority black school districts and majority black towns, white people are never attacked. They never have to suffer the indignities that black people suffer. They never have to worry about being considered a minority. Oh, trust me, white people, it's okay to be white. And if you don't believe me, just continue listening to this podcast. As a matter of fact, tell your white friends about it. As a matter of fact, you should download the Black-owned app. Matter of fact, I bet that you don't even subscribe to this Black podcast. And as always, we leave you with a Black say. You know what? Today we won't leave you with a Black say. For the first time in the Grio Daily's history, we're going to leave you with a white saying. And today's saying is, it should be okay to be white. We'll see you next time on The Griot Day. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review, download The Griot app, subscribe to the show, and share it with everyone you know. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to podcast at thegrio.com. Coming this February, the Griot Black Podcast Network presents Dear Culture, Truish Black Stories. When you think of sheer artistry, sheer creativity, um, the ability for someone to bring Black people together in the most fundamental ways, it's, you know, I would say, of my four, Randy Watson's my number one. When the news about Ricky first broke, what I heard about it is the thing you hear about you know, every time somebody black dies, that it was gang related. That means the police don't know what happened. So they just said, probably the gangs, probably, you know, the other black dudes. When I think of Akilah, you know, um, I think about, I just think about how impressionable white people can be. I think about how, you know, if you watch that movie again, you know, if you should have lost like three times. Where were you when you heard the story about them suckers getting served by Wade's dance crew? You know, it's crazy that you mentioned this. So as a New Yorker, right, everyone knows where they were on 9-11, right? You know, a couple years later, right, 2003, everyone hears about this crazy moment in a boxing ring because that's where dancers do get out, right, in boxing rings. If you could say something to Ricky right now, what would you say to him? Ricky, you shouldn't have never got that girl pregnant. You knew I had a crush on you. You should have got with me instead. Moments in Black culture examined like never before. Join us each week as we dive into the black moments that changed us, that changed the world. Make sure to subscribe to Dear Culture so you never miss an episode.